Welcome to Wayne Zion Lutheran Church in rural Monterey Hall. This is Sunday, October the 15th, 2023, 20th Sunday after Pentecost. The sermon is by Pastor Wade Reddy. The accompanist is Pete Temple. The lecture is Lisa Farley. Thank you to Paul and Linda Siebels for sponsoring this week's broadcast. Thank you for joining us today. You, uh, first of all, welcome to the, and i got to look at this, 20th Sunday. Can you believe that? The 20th Sunday after Pentecost, so we only have a few more this longest season of the church year. Up, fr- up front here, you've seen thankful and blessed. Does anybody know where grateful is? I'm talking about the leaves. Is any- Etta, where did you find it? Above the coffee cups. And so our kids, when they were uh, addressed by uh, Deb Whitford from LSI to put them around our church, that's where they landed. Did you know they were there? Oh, you did. Okay, you're a sharp group. The other thing in the prayers, you'll hear me mention Dean Rickliffs. Dean died this morning at about uh, 2 o'clock. Uh, Dean uh, was the, uh, the uh, president of the bank, um, and uh, he was the chair of the, centen- or the centenary, centen- I can't even say it now, sesquicentennial rolls off, the 100th anniversary of Wayne Zion. And he was also council president. And Dean and I have been in discussion for some time. His health had really deteriorated, and his funeral will be here at Wayne Zion. And his pastor, John, from Resurrection Lutheran in Marion, will be presiding, and I'll be the assisting minister. So we'll wait to hear about that. The other thing is, coming up on this coming Saturday is Elfrida uh, Tobiason's funeral. So I wanted to mention that, too, in case we don't have time at the end of the at the end of the uh, service. Well, I know our Harvest Festival committee has been really busy, and Diane, let's just take time now. Let's go ahead. They've been here this morning, uh, busy making uh, uh, the, uh, don't let me get it, cranberry relish. Thank you again to the Heinz and to the Bushers who went to Toma, Wisconsin to get them fresh. All right. Uh, Okay, my notes. First of all, thank you for everyone who has brought uh, plastic containers. We don't need any more, probably for several years. So (laughs) thank you for coming through strong on that. Uh, Remember, if you'd like to make a donation to the food pantry, we'll have a cart set up for that Wednesday night. And we'd love your bake sale items. Uh, You can bring those on Wednesday and sit them on the tables here in the overflow. Uh, For those of you who are willing to spend about 30 seconds after the service to help stack the extra chairs that are in the overflow, uh, we could use your help. Again, many hands make light work. I believe we can truly get it done in two minutes. Uh, If you are somebody who can help on Thursday morning at 9 to help Etta, uh, just do some cleaning and just some, uh, like whatever it is we don't get cleaned up Wednesday night to help with that. I think Byron has agreed to help. And I need to talk to Wayne. And if there's anybody else who would be able to to help on Thursday, just please let me know. And if there's anything else I should know, um, whether you should be added to the worker list, taken off the worker list, added to the pie list, taken off the pie list, if there's just anything that I should know just to make things go smoothly next year, you know, let me know. I just want to do it right. So if there are any changes that should be made, just just tell me. And um, we hope to see you Wednesday night and bring friends and... Um, Thank you, and thank you to the committee for just being so incredibly awesome to work with. So, yeah, so if there's anything we should talk about, I'll be here um, in the overflow right after the service. Thanks to Diane and the committee. If I could have the committee stand and we can recognize you. All right. 
Very good. Very good. Thank you. Thank you so very, very much. Well, let us prepare our hearts for worship. And as we do that, go ahead and open up your bulletin or the front cover for confession and forgiveness. Gracious God, we confess that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. Forgive us and give us strength to turn from sin and to serve you in the newness of life. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you. And for his sake, God forgives you all your sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives power to become children of God and bestows upon them the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us continue on page 184 in the front of your hymnal with the Kyrie, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy. today, I want the children to come forward and help me with the canticle of praise. Can you do that now? Come on forward. And the rest of us, if we feel moved, you're invited to stand. 
together the prayer that's printed in your bulletin insert at the top on this 20th Sunday after Pentecost. Lord of the feast, you have prepared a table before all peoples and poured out your life with abundance. Call us again to your banquet. Strengthen us by what is honorable, just, and pure, and transform us into a people of righteousness and peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us receive God's holy word for God's holy people. The first reading is from Isaiah 25, verses 1 through 9, with the following preface. After a hymn of praise acknowledging God as a shelter for the poor, the prophet portrays a wonderful victory banquet at which death, which in ancient Canaan was depicted as a monster swallowing up everyone, will be swallowed up forever. The prophet urges celebration of this victory of salvation. The reading. O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name. For you have done wonderful things, plans formed of old, faithful, and sure. For you have made the city a heap, the fortified city a ruin. The palace of aliens is a city no more. It will never be rebuilt. Therefore, strong peoples will glorify you. 
cities of ruthless nations will fear you, for you have been a refuge to the poor, a refuge to the needy in their distress, a shelter from the rainstorm and a shade from the heat. When the blast of the ruthless was like a winter rainstorm, the noise of aliens like heat in a dry place, you subdued the heat with the shade of clouds. The song of the ruthless was stilled. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wines, of rich food filled with marrow, of well-aged wines strained clear. And he will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the sheet that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces, and the disgrace of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him so that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This morning we're going from Psalm 23. I will play the ref Oh, there we are. Um, I will sing the refrain once, then we can sing it together, and then we'll get into the verses with the congregation singing on the bold print. You prepare a table before me, and my cup is running over. You prepare a table before me, and my cup is running over. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. The Lord makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. You restore my soul, O Lord, and guide me along right pathways for your name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of the death, I shall fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me, and my cup is running over. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup is running over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The second reading is from Philippians 4, verses 1 through 9, with the following preface. Though writing from prison and facing an uncertain future, 
Paul calls on the Philippians to rejoice and give thanks to God no matter what the circumstance. God's peace is with us and binds together our hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, especially when things around us do not seem peaceful. The reading. My brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. I urge Yodia and I urge Sintik to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence and if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our service continues on page 188 with the gospel acclamation. I invite the congregation to please rise. According to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter, glory to you, O Lord. You may be seated for the reading of the gospel. Here we have Jesus now sharing another parable. The Pharisees and the priests are the direct, the message is directed to them, but there is also a large crowd who is listening in. So once more, Jesus spoke to them, that is, the Pharisees and the priests and those who overheard parables, saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves saying, tell those who have been invited, look, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fattened calves have been slaughtered, everything is ready, come, come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops. He destroyed those murderers and burned the city. And then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. So go, therefore, into the main streets and invite 
everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and they gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king entered in and came in to see the guest, he noticed a man. A man there who was not wearing the wedding robe. And he said to him, Fran, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So on Wednesday, I often, when I meet with our conferments, they do sermon notes now. Aren't you glad, Katie, you didn't have to do that? And so I give them a title, Put on the Robe of God's Love, was a title that we were working with on Wednesday night. Now Jesus has been sharing here in Matthew, I mean, we're getting close to that final journey into Jerusalem, but he is sharing with these Pharisees and with these priests, and he is holding their feet to the fire. But today, this parable really doesn't feel right. What's Jesus talking about here? Not once, but twice in Jesus' parable, the slaves of the landlord went out, or the king, landlord was last week, of the king went out and called upon those who had already been invited. So I have to assume being the king, a, a royal invitation was sent out, or something, or a proclamation was sent out. And the day had arrived, and nobody was showing up. And so servants went out and said, remember, today's the day. Come. And they just kind of made light of it. Nobody went. So he sent more servants out to those who had been invited and said, everything is ready. The, the fattened calves and the oxen and everything is prepared. Come. And many of those re went back to what they were doing. What is interesting is in, that Jesus said there were two. There, were, there was one who went back to his business and the other went back to his home. It doesn't tell us where the others went, but those two went back to work or went back home. And then there were many who were left behind and they seized, they seized these servants and they, they mistreated them and they killed them. And so the king was enraged when he had heard this. And now he calls together his royal army, the troops, and he sends them out and they destroy the murderers and they burn their city. And then he sends, sends out more servants. And this time you are to go out and to invite everyone. All that you see, gather, have them come. For the group that I invited were unworthy. And so 
good and bad, came and filled that banquet hall. And I want you to come with me into that scene because I think we fit that group, the good and the bad. As, as the confirmants understand, saint and sinner. Oh, some of you went through confirmation too. Come with me. The banquet hall was probably a little bit larger than where we are right now. And there is such a clatter. And people are talking and some of them have seen the king from afar, but they don't know him. And they're just a buzz. Well, what's interesting is as the king enters in, I suppose to the head table at the front of the banquet, eyes have been looking for the host. And in he comes. You can't miss the king. With his royal stature and, and garb. And what's so interesting, as he comes in, can you just picture a hush coming from the front of the banquet hall all the way to the back, and all eyes are on the king. And the king, he is, his eyes just go right and rivet to a person in the back. And he comes up to him, and he says, Friend, pick on Terry here, he can get me later. Friend, why are you not wearing the wedding robe that I offered you and all the guests? That's right, Terry. He remained silent. A silence. And then the king said to his attendants, Go and bind that person's hand and feet and throw them into the outer darkness where there is gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few come. So I, I, I think about this parable. I'm like, is this describing our world? Or is this describing God's world, God's kingdom? Think about what's going on in the world. Just a week ago, Saturday, Hamas comes in when Israel had no idea. Killing men, women, and children and dragging off hostages. And what is the response? Anger. Retaliation. I get that. I get that. Is there more of a response here? I think Jesus is sharing this parable with the Pharisees and the priests that this is the kingdom that you operate in. But the kingdom, and, and this is rhetorical, and this is not printed in the gospel. This is your pastor using interpretation. But I think Jesus is saying, this is not God's kingdom. And as we heard in the reading of Isaiah, death will be destroyed. There will be no need for revenge. For we will all come to the banquet. Whether you're good or whether you're bad, whether you're a saint, whether you're a sinner or both. Why? Why might I ask? 
Why such harsh judgment and exclusion in Jesus' parable that the king would wipe out? And, and why, before, and, and then at the banquet hall, why would the king go to the person without the wedding clothes, robe? Why would they be thrown out? Why the exclusion? Scholars believe just doing a little research on this, in the culture of that day, guests were required to put on the wedding robe given out by the host. And the person who refused to do so could be an analogy that Christ provides a robe of righteousness at our baptism. We are clothed in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. We don't see it. But we know that when we baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, something is happening in heaven and on earth. We are adopted as new children of God. Each person must choose then to put on Christ or the robe of righteousness to enter the king's feast, to have a place at the table with all the saints, which is eternal life. Now, when we bring babies to the baptismal font, can they do anything at all? No. Mom and dad have to hold them. Pastor takes them from their hands. Sometimes they cry. If it's my grandson, it's take your hand and wipe the water all over the place, right? Not a thing I can do. I do everything I can. In remembering their first name, middle name, and last name, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, that they've been sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. Salvation is a gift, but one must receive this gift, which might mean humbling ourselves, surrendering our pride, our envy, our sinful ways. That's why it's so beautiful in the Lutheran church that when our students, those babies, grow up, and you place in their hands the scripture, the word of God, and you teach them the creed, the Ten Commandments, the Lord's Prayer. And the kids have a time with the pastor and talking about faith and they hear you and other people who share why their faith is important to them. That's probably the best lesson that our kids learn in all of confirmation. And then they come here and they stand before you with their knees knocking and I have them face the altar with mom and dad and all the family putting their hands upon them as they share with us their statement of faith. That they do claim the gift of their baptism and live into a life of Christianity. Now some of these kids, because life is at full tilt, I mean, right after confirmation, you get your driver's license, you're on the A team or the B team, and you're going from city to city to city, and then all of a sudden you find yourself going to uh, junior college or college or university, and you are growing, you're growing, you're growing, but I want you to know the seed has been planted. Thank you, mom and dad and grandmas and grandpas in this congregation. The seed was planted. They have been sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. They stood before this congregation and said, they 
claim the gift of their baptism, the forgiveness of sins, life eternal, and that they are new creation in Christ. When it comes time in life, whatever tragedy might befall us, it is, and we need to put on the robe of Christ, God's love. We don't know when that comes. For Dean Rickless, it came last night. But he claimed that robe of righteousness. He is so moved that this congregation helped him in building his faith. He has never forgotten Wayne Zion Lutheran Church. And I've been in dialogue with him. So much did it mean to him that he wants his funeral held here at Wayne Zion Lutheran Church. Now, I don't know if it was the Reverend Karen or Gilbertson or Wachholz that led them into that, and then you've been there with them. But isn't that incredible? And Dean, and I know we're working with our memorial committee, and we are so close he called me the other day, he said, Pastor, I haven't heard from you, so I'm assuming it's good news. I said, yeah, I think it's good news. I think our memorial committee is ready. And so maybe sometime around Thanksgiving, we will hear about Dean again in his gift to the church. But we don't want to forget about Brett. Is it Brett? Stay tuned. It'll all make sense later. Paul, Lisa read this beautiful letter to the Philippians, and this kind of ties together. Paul was a scoundrel. I mean, he was, his name was Saul. And uh, he did everything that he could to get rid of the people, to lock them up who were a part of the way. That is, the apostles and disciples of Jesus Christ. He went to lengths. And he was on his way to Damascus when suddenly he was struck by a brilliant light and fell to the ground. And then he heard the divine voice, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Because anytime you hurt my brothers and sisters, you hurt me. And Saul has to be carried into Damascus. He is visited by someone who didn't want to come. But God sent the messenger. And Saul's eyes, like scales, falling away, he could now see. And what was the first thing that Saul did? But he ran to be baptized. And Paul became the greatest crusader for Christ, writing 13 letters in the New Testament. This letter that he writes to Philippi, the church there that is struggling, he is writing from his jail cell. He will not see them again before his trip to Spain, which he never made. Paul shares these beautiful words. If you will just put on the robe of righteousness, the, the, the robe of God's love, 
that the one at the banquet chose not to wear, if you just put it on, if you just trust in Christ, you're going to know an incredible gift of rejoicing in the Lord. For nothing will be able to steal you from the love of God. Let your, your gentleness come forward. The fruit of the Spirit that we talked about last week. Let your gentleness be known by everyone, for the Lord is near. The Lord has never left you nor forsake you. Do not worry. Pray to God. Give him your heart. And when you give him your heart, there you will find peace that this world cannot offer or give. Do not do as this world does. It is terrible what's going on in the Middle East. It is horrible. And it's going, to be a, it's going to be a hard way to find our, find our way out of this. There is going to be more killing. There is going to be more suffering. It is awful. It is of this world. But that's not the world that God has in mind for us. Seek God's kingdom. Know God's love, mercy, joy, and peace for you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Amen.
Trusting in the transformative power of God's loving spirit, let us pray for the church, the world, and all in need. For the church of Jesus Christ in this and every land, that all followers of Christ share the mind of Christ and strive to live together in peace, staying firm in the Lord, God of grace, green pastures and still waters and all the beauty of the natural world, that creation flourishes and humankind lives in a right relationship with all that you have made, God of grace. For the nations of the world and all who hold positions of authority, that they govern in accordance with God's vision of justice, providing shelter and refuge for all in need, striving toward the goal of peace and prosperity for all. Lord, we lift up our brothers and sisters in Israel and Palestine who are caught in the middle of this vicious war started by Hamas. And Lord, we ask that you rid the world of the evil that continues to plague and lift its ugly head, where death will never win, God of grace, for all experiencing valleys of illness and grief, that they be healed and comforted and find rest in the presence of the Good Shepherd who walks beside them in still waters. Lord, we lift before you Paul Behrens, Ivan Eden, Ray Rickles, Jim Strickle, Linda Siebels, Teresa Engelbart, Kalinda Stadmuller, Sandy Jensen, Dick and Mary Meyer, Lynette Mork, and Samantha Putz. Lord, we remember our dear ones who have died and now are at your heavenly banquet and filling that room with all the saints. We give thanks for Alfreda Tobias and Tom Boken and Dean Rickless. Lord, surround their family with your love and use us to share your love with them. And now, Lord, that we find ourselves in the conflict to provide help to come alongside both the Israelites and also the Palestines. Our sons now find themselves in a different world. And so we lift before you those who provide protection from our military. We lift before you Ben Harms, Trevor Owen, Dustin Starn, and Spencer Hansen, and we pray for their protection always. God of grace. For this community, Wayne Zion Lutheran Church, wherever there is conflict or discord, the love of Christ may keep us united and make us mindful of all that is true, honorable, just, pure, and pleasing, commendable, and excellence. Come alongside us, O Lord, that we may rest in your arms, God of grace. And thanksgiving for the beloved saints who now rest in your mercy. Let their faithful witness guide your church until the day we join them in the heavenly feast, God of grace. Gracious God, in your hands we commend for all whom we pray, trusting in your unending love and amazing grace through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. This morning we receive our offering, our tithes, and our treasures, and so I'll invite AJ to come forward and to bring ending hunger through the crop walk as we continue with the children's noisy coin offering. God of all creation, all of you made is good, and your love endures forever. You bring forth bread from the earth and fruit from the vine. Nourish us with these gifts that we might be for the world, signs of your gracious presence in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord.
Amen. In the night in which our Lord was betrayed, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Come to the banquet, for all is ready now. You may be seated. I'll invite our communion systems forward at this time. God of abundance with this bread of life and cup of salvation, you have united us with Christ, making us one with all your people. Now send us forth with the power of your spirit that we may proclaim your redeeming love to the world and continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. For those who will be going into the community and serving our people who aren't able to join us, these communion kits are here for you to pick up after the service. But let me offer this blessing. Gracious God, loving all your church with a mother's tender care, as you sent the angel to feed Elijah with heavenly food, assist those who now are sent forth in sharing your word and your holy sacrament. With those who are sick, homebound, in prison, and in your love and care, nourish and strengthen those who will receive the sacrament and give us all the comfort of your abiding presence through the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Receive this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his everlasting peace. Let us sing our sending hymn. And uh, I'm going to make you sing all the verses. All two of them. All two of them. <laughs>
Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Liturgy, copyright 2021, Augsburg Fortress, all rights reserved. Music and lyrics reprinted with permission under one license, number A-729734, all rights reserved.